Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Beat me up on the mamas of all mama shit. Hey, I'm looking through my telescope and I see a mothership. Is that you? Beam me up. Hey, DA, I'm thirsty, man. Can you beam me up for a cold one? Hey, DA, what's going on, baby? Stop me off and beam me up. DA wants the silly Oh, permission to get in that mothership. Is my window seat still available? Beam me up. What's going on, DA? Hey, man, I need you to do me a huge favor. My co-worker's a jerk. Oh, just beam me up, man. Get beamed up. Everyone else has. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Tuesday morning. Bogus in for DA. Again, if you're scoring at home, this is a vacation week for Damon. I believe there's at least one more of those coming up before Labor Day. So you've got me, you've got EJ, you've got Pete the Body, just like yesterday. Just like yesterday, there is no Andrew Kaplan, so there is no stream today, but we are told Cap. And the wizardry returns tomorrow. Peter Schwartz is on updates today. You're on the phones at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Keep those trashes coming at CBS Sports Radio, at Andrew Bogus. We'll read some of them uh, coming up in our next segment. But just a quick heads up, I I see more than one of you sending in uh, some technical difficulty trashes. Uh, We apologize for that, but there is kind of nothing that we can do from where we sit, especially at 7 in the morning. So um, we're with you. We appreciate you efforting and staying, keeping the, you know, trying to stay connected. And hopefully sometime soon-ish, those issues will be resolved by a yet-to-be-determined person. The PGP is also out. I think I made P laugh at that. (laughs) Uh, The PGP is out. It is just DA and myself uh, for 30-plus minutes going back over last week, last Friday's show, uh, the future of the show, and other good nuggets. Um, As always, taking you inside the negotiations with our featured singer of last week. There was a lot going on. A A lot went into making those last five shows, and the last show in particular, so... A lot of the inside baseball, so to speak, behind the curtain nonsense comes your way on the PGP. Get it, as always, in all your usual podcast locations. Let's do some college football here in hour number two. Uh, The new season is almost here as well on the college front, just like it is in the NFL. Uh, We've already had major conference media days. Smaller ones uh, are going this week. My friends at the... Now, Coastal Athletic Association, the CAA, no longer the Colonial, uh, and the Patriot League take uh, their side stages this week. But again, it's almost football season, which means it's almost time to begin truly the Heisman watch of USC stud QB Caleb Williams. There's Drake May at North Carolina, who may be a top five pick when we get to the spring. And there's so much excitement for Drake. Uh, EJ pointed out yesterday that 
the the opening college game day choice is North Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah, two uh, two uh, big time college football programs with great history. Uh, where is that game? Is that on campus? It's in Charlotte. It is in Charlotte. Yeah. Okay, um, so that's to give you the the an idea of the strength of Drake May. But apparently, we've been looking at the wrong quarterback. It's not those two guys. It's not anybody else who's bouncing around college football. It's a young man who's about to take the reins at Tennessee. Hendon Hooker was in charge. Vols had one of the best seasons in recent memory last year. Uh, They were breaking records, setting trends offensively, winning double-digit games, and then Hooker suffered a torn ACL. So Joe Milton had to finish last season under center for the Vols. Milton, you probably know the name from Michigan. That's where he began his college career. Ended up making two starts for the Vols last year. Played in the Orange Bowl against Clemson, let a comeback win, went 19 to 28, 251, three touchdowns, no picks. Milton's a big dude, 6'5, 235. He has a plus, plus, plus right arm, can make all the throws. And that led Jordan Rogers, Aaron's brother, to say this quote, Joe Milton is hands down the most talented quarterback in the entire country. It is not even close. Uh, and that sense, Basically, all the college football blogs into mock speed yesterday, digesting that, breaking it down, quickly dismissing it, exploring it. And I think the sentence, the sentiment, and I don't mean to speak for Jordan, but we kind of have to here. Um, I think you have to go through these words with a fine-tooth comb. And I've done this. I've lived in this world. I've tried to do this. And in fact, it's funny. I've done it with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not going to end up being the best quarterback ever. He's never going to catch Tom Brady. He didn't pass Joe Montana. He's probably going to get passed by Patrick Mahomes when it's all said and done. But when it was Rodgers and Peyton Manning was still playing and Brady was still being Brady, I said more than once that Rodgers was the best quarterback on the planet in terms of doing the position with his ability to move his feet, get out of trouble, make some plays with those feet, but in particular with that right arm. Touch, accuracy, deep ball, precision. He should have always won the quarterback challenges. You know, you put that blue chalk, pool chalk on the end of a football, throwing at moving targets, throwing, dropping into buckets. That's where Aaron Rodgers would excel. I think that's what Jordan is doing here about Joe Milton. He's not telling us that Joe Milton is better than Caleb Williams or better than Drake May, that if they were all in the same draft, you'd have to take Joe Milton first, although that conversation may be coming at some point. I think what Jordan is saying is that the best tools, the best tools for the position right now live in Joe Milton. And... I guess we'll find out soon if he's right or wrong because the Vols will have our attention this year after really grabbing it last year. And if they're going to come close to repeating what they did a year ago, it's going to be because Joe Milton uh, lives up to these expectations that at least Jordan Rodgers has for him. Uh, Let's set that aside for just a second because we've got some breaking news from the NFL just past uh, 7 Eastern this morning. Uh, The Giants and Saquon Barkley are done. It's a one-year deal. It's worth up to $11 million. So their stalemate, this is according to NFL Network, um, their stalemate is over. Their staring contest is done. That certainly reads like a Giants win. We need to see the specifics of what up to $11 million means. The running back franchise tag was $10.1 million. So there's not much wiggle room there. I, I guess the benefit for Saquon is being what a 
tack on another 900K if he does this and he does that. And we'll get those details here shortly. Um, but I want to claim victory here just for a second. Um, because yesterday, this is where we started the show. Running backs, their sweet conference call on Saturday. Where do they go from here? And I said that Saquon and the Giants were in a better spot than Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. And then Vinny Iyer came on and Vinny flipped it. Vinny thought that there was more acrimony between Saquon and the Giants than Jacobs. And here's Saquon signing with the Giants and presumably being on the field. I think today is actually their report day for the Giants. And Josh Jacobs, as far as we know, isn't even in Vegas as the Raiders begin their training camp. So I think I won this prediction yesterday. Now, I did not say that Saquon was going to sign within 24 hours, but I thought that they were going to figure things out sooner rather than later, more so than Jacobs and the Raiders. And here is Saquon inking again, according to NFL Network, a one-year deal worth up to $11 million. So You know, the NFL, the machine wins again. This is another hit for a running back. I always thought the solution here was going to be what was boiled down to basically a two-year deal with just a little more guaranteed money than the two franchise tag values. I thought that was a fair compromise from the Giants' perspective, and I thought it's the best Saquon could have gotten in this current climate, but he doesn't even get that. And, you know, they've disputed the Saquon camp. They've disputed exactly what the Giants have put on the table in the past. So maybe this is a this is a even bigger loss, so to speak, for Barkley's representation. But he basically is playing on the franchise tag. I mean, 900 k is nice money, but it's not really significant money unless it's super easy to get. So he's really good. He's going to make $11 million barring another major injury. So he gets a little more than the cap, than the tag. But there's no other year. There's nothing else locked in past this year. There's a, I guess there's a chance that we learn more details that the Giants can't tag him again. That sometimes gets thrown into these deals. And maybe that's a win for Saquon, that he is on the open market. But if this is just... I'm finding more details here. If this is just a one-year deal then the Giants win again and running backs lose again. And, you know, because Barkley had, to me, he had the peak leverage. It was not a lot. It was, you know, it was it was not zero, but it also wasn't even like 5% leverage. He, the only leverage he had was the importance that he carries for the Giants' success this year. That at some point, the Giants, I mean, the Giants know that they are a worse team without him and that Daniel Jones is a worse quarterback without him. That last year, when Sean and I had this conversation, it was kind of split in the atom where who gets more credit. Daniel Jones was very good last year, but he's not that without Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley was, the, in my vantage point, the key to the Giants' offensive success a year ago. Saquon Barkley being healthy, being dynamic, running, catching, that allowed everybody else to be okay and to reach whatever their potential is on offense because he was there being, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber player. So if you don't bring that back, then all bets would have, would have been off for the Giants offense this year. Then would have also meant anything you think projection-wise for the Giants in the NFC East, in the NFC, had to take a significant nosedive. That's Barkley's leverage. But that leverage 
wouldn't have been felt by the Giants until we got to week one. And at that point, maybe they would have been in a position where nobody wanted to be nice to either one of them. And they could have, you know, their leverage from the Giants' perspective is, okay, you don't want to play, you're not going to get paid. So it was a really hard thing for Barkley even to come close to winning or even kind of saving face here. And I guess 900 k is what he's saving face for. It's a deal up to $11 million. There's a $2 million signing bonus. We gets that right away. And he shows up for camp, and he'll be at camp the entire time. He didn't even do the old trick where you stay away for half a camp. The first half usually sucks more than the second half. And then you show up, and you just got plenty of time to get yourself ready for week one. But he's going to be there from day one, and at the very least, you know, problem solved here for the Giants. And we'll relive this in some form or fashion a year from now, or a little less than a year from now. And maybe Saquon Barkley forces the Giants' hand again, or maybe they feel like, okay, you got hurt again, and we can walk away from all of this, and you know, we had our one-year gamble, and that's it. But the Giants and Saquon Barkley have, for now, paused their issues. Again, it's a one-year deal up to 11 mil, which is just north of the franchise tag value. All of this from NFL Network, and they sign it the morning of training camp or report date for the Giants. So now it's just Josh Jacobs because Tony Pollard's already signed his tender in Dallas. So this is now Jacobs on an island, the last guy for now, trying to fight the good fight for running backs. Uh, When we come back, it is Trash Tuesday. I've got a Fenway trash that I've been sitting on since Saturday. Bilotti's got a Bilotti trash. We'll see what EJ's got. We'll see what Schwartz has. We'll see what you guys have as well when we come back on the DA Show. So, what's eating you? People that get in the left lane and drive the speed limit. I gotta trash the NFL, man. Trash my ex-girlfriend. You want me to trash that? Trash Tuesday. My favorite day of the week. Not for nothing. Time to vent. We take it out like the trash. It's Trash Tuesday. Oh, it's Trash Tuesday, and the trash is coming in fast and furious at CBS Sports Radio at Andrew Bogus. We'll get to yours in just a second. Of course, as well, more on the breaking news of Saquon Barkley and the Giants agreeing to a one-year deal to $11 million. Schwartz has your full update in just a second, but it's our trashes now. EJ, you're first. What do you got? I am trashing the billionaire bozo Elon Musk. Uh-oh. So I, go, I wake up from my nap. I'm thinking Twitter is as normal as it is. All of a sudden, I see X's everywhere. And I'm like, what's going on? What is this? And of course, we've now learned that apparently Twitter, which barely works, uh, you can't get the videos to stop playing sometimes. All the issues we have with Twitter, now I have to worry about Twitter being rebranded to X. I mean, what is this crap? You know, if I'm, when I send a tweet now, is it going to be I'm sending an X? I mean, it's the most ridiculous rebrand at this point. Twitter has become part of our lexicon, and Elon Musk continues to ruin it day by day, week by week, month by month. I can't stand this guy. I'm sick of him. I muted him on Twitter, and yet somehow he still affects my life. So I am trashing Elon Musk for rebranding Twitter. Household waste goes in this bin. So I haven't had the update run on my phone or my iPad yet, so I still have the sweet little birdie. Bird on the app, I think it's still there. Okay. It was, it's, it's, it's when, I think, on the computer, it's X's now. Because when you sent me stories during the day yesterday or tweets, I didn't realize at first, I was like, what is this X thing? And then I, and I knew what it, that it was coming, yeah. but it took me a second to, to connect them. Now, I also saw yesterday that that logo is trademarked by somebody else. 
Yeah. Or like it, the it, X, it, that X by itself is owned by Facebook. Right. There's that. And there's also apparently uh, X, there's like something X Japan. So okay. like if they, you know, in Twitter right now, it's Twitter Japan. So if they go to X Japan, there's like, I think, a, a, I think it's a band, I want to say, that already has that name trademark. So they're going to have to then change X Japan to X something else. I mean, I don't get this guy. I, I don't I don't understand it either. Um, I, It's amazing to me that everybody else is, is batting a thousand when it comes to predicting that every decision he's going to make is going to turn out poorly. I mean, everything that he has suggested, floated, done, everyone pre-saw as a disaster and said, this is going to happen if you do this. And he still did it. And it, all of those things happened. It's like he's trying to tank something that nobody has a problem with. Right. I mean, it sucked and it took for its own belief, right, but exactly. it was useful and necessary. And now I don't know who's tweeting what. The blue check mark thing is out of control. My DMs are overrun by people that want to be my friends. My, my profile looks nice and they want to hang out because they're first time first timers in, in the U.S. I don't I don't understand. And all of these things everyone saw coming and they still did them all. And here they are now actually rea- in reality. It's driving me crazy. Pete, what do you got? Peter Peter Bellotti, that is. Hi. Uh, yes, I, I'm trashing myself. Last uh, week I mentioned... Very gentlemanly of you. Oh, yes. Last week I mentioned that there are a select few people still with the network full-time as um, from the beginning. And I forgot Amy Lawrence, and I forgot Alvin from the the Jim Rome show. Right. So this brings it to... This brings it to eight, I think, seven or eight. It brought us to nine, and then we deduct Sean now. Right. So we're back to eight. 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 So I I apologize to them. Uh, I totally... I totally blanked on that, and uh, yeah, so I'm trashing myself for not getting things accurate. Beep, beep, sanitation just arrived. So I can give you a pass on Alvin because none of us have ever seen him. He could walk through here right now, and I wouldn't go, oh, there's Alvin, because they have only worked in California. Right. And now maybe I met Alvin those first two years of the network when we actually, when I was allowed to travel for the Super Bowl because that's where I met Jim, and he had a whole staff with him. I think Alvin stays in the studio like you, mm-hmm. Pete. So it's okay that we forgot about him. We we dropped the ball on Amy. We see her every day. Well, the one thing, I did not know she did updates. I, I totally forgot she did updates. So she did updates, uh, I think, two nights a week, and then hosted three times over over the weekend. Right. I knew that. I like, knew that. Her schedule now is hellacious, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Eastern time, but there's an argument that her weekends, Alicia's weekends free now, but back then, I think what she did was a show at 2 a.m. on Saturday, a show at 2 a.m. on Sunday, and I believe she came back and did another show 10 p.m. on Sunday. sounds familiar. In a Monday morning, because when she moved to full-time, I had a conversation about doing that shift, and I and there's, I was no, I can't like I don't understand how that even works. So yeah, we should have remembered Amy. And then she asked about it today, pre-show and the changeover. And now that I think about it, it's an odd thought to have. I'm wondering if she knew we discussed it on the air and brought it up today to see if we had finally remembered that she's been a full-timer always. Well, I got I got the alerts right away after I said it. Yeah, so. but we thought, but but I think people caught you on Alvin first, didn't they? 
Um, I, I think it was both at the same. Okay. I, I, I got one from one person saying the same thing, and, and it was referring to both of them. Well, either way, you're a gentleman for taking That's right. the I'm heat tra- here. No, because they're a part of what we, uh, what we started right. with. So, yes. Do you also thank them for their service? On I do thank them so for their service. Okay. Yes, thank you. Let's get that on the record. Oh, yeah. uh, on the other record. Pete, what are you trashing? Well, I absolutely love the fact that the uh, the Jets have those new uniforms they unveiled yesterday mm. because those are the style that I grew up with as a kid. I am going to trash the Jets, though, because when I went online to order a jersey, okay. they did not have my size. Okay. They do not make them big enough for me. So I think the Jets should know that they have large fans that need mm-hmm. to be catered to as well. So I'm going to trash the Jets for not having their new jerseys in a 4XL. Okay. Illegal dumping. Now, Pete pre-trashed the Jets yesterday for having the wrong shade of green on the helmet. Yeah. Do you share that frustration? No, I don't. Okay. I don't because they already have two helmets that they use. One is their new green and one is black. Right. Get so rid they, of the black. The so black they can't. Horrible. They can't. I agree with you on that. So they can't have another color helmet. That's a rule? So they, two I, colors? I don't think you can have a third helmet. Okay. So they just adopting the current green. But now I could tell you to say this. Isn't it it has a new script though? So it doesn't that that no, wouldn't what they're gonna do is rule? no because there were teams that did this already. What they do is they scrape the decal off and put a new decal on. So it's the same helmet, different decoration. Gotcha. Right. Okay. This the, the Jets had a throwback back in the nineties. Actually Boomer was on the Jets at the time where they did a throwback jersey to the Super Bowl team, but the Jets then were not allowed to, at the time, were not allowed to wear the white helmets, so they wore their old logo on those green helmets back in okay. uh, the 90s. But I, I love the new look. If they had just gone to this look a few years ago instead of the disaster they currently have, this would have been fine. I actually love the look. I just wish I can get one of my size. I uh, I said this yesterday. Their current uniforms are the worst in the NFL based on what they were coming off of. I cannot believe that multiple people thought that A, they needed to change anything, yeah. but B, that this was better or even befitting an NFL team. It is so novice. So unprofessional, I can't get over it. It's brutal, and hopefully the reaction that Jet fans had to this yesterday will just let make them go to it full-time. Yeah. Um, but, I, and hopefully I can get one. I need to go back to your initial, your actual trash for a second. You can I, get other jerseys in, in my size, but they didn't have these. Okay, so that is, so it's specific to this one. It's not right, that so the it, NFL shop doesn't go to 4XL. No, you could buy... A, a regular jet jersey in in my size, huh. but when they unveiled these yesterday, and maybe I'm jumping the gun on trashing them because maybe they will add more merchandise right. as as we get closer to the season. But I couldn't share completely in the excitement with everybody yesterday because while everybody was posting, I ordered this jersey, I ordered that jersey, I ordered this. Pete can't Pete can't order a jersey because it isn't one big enough for him. What were you going with, Rogers? No, I was going to get Quinn and Williams. Okay, all right. Now I'll be—I'll be honest. I mean, I have to have a, a number in a jersey that looks the part. Like, do you think I can get away with a single-digit number on this body? Well, uh, our our old fleshy friend who is no longer here has a very deep kind of theorem on this that there are—if I'm quoting him correctly—there are fat guy numbers. But I, but I almost feel like he was 
predicting or promoting that single digits were better. Wasn't that his argument, Pete? Uh, no, I, I, I think it was you can't wear a single digit if you're bigger. So I'm flipping it. I think that's what it was. So that was part was that part of his frustration <laughs> with the number rule changes that yes. big guys were yes. wearing like five right. and he didn't think that a five worked on his gut? I mm-hmm. think that's what it okay. was. Okay. All right. I do have an Aaron Rodgers jersey. Yes. I do have that. But if I was going to invest in a jersey, mm-hmm. I think I would have to have a double digit number. Okay. I, I'll be honest. I thought yesterday we they, they released these during the show. We talked about it. I joked with Pete that the Jets were going to send him one. Then I left here and I saw that they did actually send one to Geo and Boomer. Must be nice. And my first yeah. thought was, I bet Schwartz gets one too. No. Because you seem to be on those same mailing lists, but you didn't get one yet. I did not get one. I Apparently, I'm getting a hat because they sent some hats with those jerseys. Okay. So apparently, they have a hat for me down the hall. But, um, no, if they were to give me the jersey, I'd have to, like, pass it down to one right. of my children. Okay. Or my wife. All right. Uh, all right, is it up to me now? I guess yeah. it is, right? So let me preface this by saying the Boston Red Sox should always play at Fenway Park. There should not be a new Fenway. There should not be an alternate site. I will promote that. I will support it. I'll donate money to the cause. If there's a microphone in front of me, I will say it over and over again. They should always play at Fenway Park. Me personally, I don't need to go back to Fenway Park ever again. You should go once. If you love baseball, you need to go because the field itself is beautiful. You need to see that wall in person. You need to see the garage door in center field. You need to see the obscene angle in right field where Pesky's pole is. Like you just you need to see those things in person. But man, does it suck sitting in that stadium. We went to a game on Saturday night, as you know by now, and we were sitting in Grandstand 29, which is basically halfway down the left field line underneath the overhang, which I think creates part of my problem. But because the overhang is there, the seat that I was sitting in has been protected from the conditions for the most part. The seats closest to the field have all been picked up and updated and probably spaced out a little bit. They face the correct direction. Some of them are comfier than others because that's where the fancy people sit. But back in Grandstand 29, row 12, I got a seat that's older than Jody Mack that's got, I don't know, 18 lacquers of of refinish and polish on them to make it look good. It's not a comfortable seat. It's also not facing home plate. So the whole time, you've got to kind of shift your body to the right. It's also from, again, it's older than Jody. Maybe Dom DiMaggio's girlfriend sat there to watch a game one time. It's not made for the normal-sized person nowadays. I barely fit in that seat, and I'm definitely on the smaller side of the equation, I think. there's I got to wiggle my hips into these seats, and that's not even a comfortable thing you're sitting on while you've got the sides jamming into your hip. And I think it's the overhangs problem and the structure of the building. There's no air. Again, we're outside. Thankfully, it was nighttime. There was no sun. There was no humidity. It was actually a comfortable night in general, but there's no airflow underneath this overhang and you know all these new stadiums are basically built with these big openings that blow all the way through so there's always air coming through the concourse out in the seats it was so stale and so uncomfortable it felt like we were inside 
even though we were outside. And then Max Scherzer gave up four home runs, and Trevor Gott came in and gave up another one, and it was 8-3 Red Sox in uncomfortable situations. I'm not going back until I can sit in a fancy seat. You put me on top of the green monster, I'm there. You go, hey, we got some corporate tickets in right behind home plate. If I can get fancy enough, I'm going there. If I've got money to burn, if i got Pete money and I can buy better tickets, fine. But the regular ticket where I was sitting at Fenway, man, that's a... It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. Go once, but you know immediately that you're in a stadium from 1906 that young Jody loved, but it's a tough sell in 2023. Ooh, that garbage bag is leaking. I agree with you. I went there once. Uh, won't go until they, they renovate it. Now, they've, to their credit, they have done as much as they possibly have could to revamp the areas that can be revamped. Um, I was told that there's like a Sam Adams deck in like the right field corner. That's a new thing that up there, it's beautiful. Whenever, I don't even know how, if you can get up there if you're just a regular person or if that's a special thing. That area of the stadium, the right field side, the right field corner, they seem to have just kind of taken over the street and made that part of the stadium so you can get a little more freedom to walk. There's some more space down there. Obviously, the monster seats are new. There's stuff outside the building. But like the real guts of that place from third base around home to first base, it's still like three people wide. There's no ventilation. There's zigzagging lines everywhere. It's it's just, it is yep. a trip back in time. That doesn't mean it's always good. Well, that's the thing. Like you look at, you've been to Wrigley Field. Yes, Wrigley, was, Wrigley is currently better than Fenway. Yes. In and, terms of like amenities and logistics. And I'll say this. I was at Wrigley before they did the renovations. And... That was right after I went to Fenway, and those and Wrigley Field was in a much better shape at that time before the renovations than than Fenway is now. And Fenway Park, I was on the first baseline, same type of seat, small, and then to get to the bathroom, there's a line in the bathroom right near you. It's horrible. Yeah, it's it's really for a team that spends a lot of money, they really should have gutted the whole in, inner bowl. Well, I, th- I think part of the problem becomes and, um, you know, my buddies at Fordham, the Rose Hill Gym is the oldest active gym in Division One athletics. They've, they've been playing basketball there since like 1920-something, and they've tried to do renovations, but it's like a landmark and there's only so much you can do. In particular, you can't expand the footprint of the building. You can kind of go up, you can put new stuff inside of it, but, you know, they have try different thoughts of expanding one wall or the other, and you can't do that. So my guess is, you know, Fenway's fighting that same battle where you can't pick up Fenway and move it out. Now, they just yesterday announced like this huge product uh, project and got uh, approval for it, where they're going to continue to revamp the whole area around the stadium. But the stadium is kind of locked into its square footage. There's only so much they can do. So, I mean, it just it is what it is. It is a remarkable place. But there are some hurdles to fully enjoying it that you right. just can't you can't work well, around. I think they're gonna have to take seats out. Maybe they're gonna, they're gonna have to at some point. Maybe yeah, maybe this renovation, maybe this project that they have coming up will help with the cost of taking seats out and renovate the whole in- inside. Uh, now your trashes at Andrew Bogish at CBS Sports Radio ostrich eyes tweets, and this is a good one. This is one that we need to figure out, and I don't know why we haven't by now. Uh, amongst all the Jersey talk, I'm trashing the Cowboys home uniforms. Pick a blue, navy, royal, seafoam, green pants, trash them, 
Hashtag Trash Tuesday. Charlie Sheen just dumped that on the set of Men at Work. I'm with you on this. I I can't. They they've got five different colors. There's no continuity. There's everything is different. Two different blues on the helmet. The jersey's a different color. The pants are a different color. Then they go back to like that weird royal blue for like the the high end of their socks. They're all over the place. That's a very good trash, and shame on the Cowboys for not fixing that, not streamlining that. Uh, Kevin, Tim, Gidry, want to trash? Oh, never mind. Can't read that one. It's about the company. Moving on to Eric and Nova. Uh, this is in, in context, the connection to EJ's tweet. It's even more ridiculous. Apparently, X is trademarked by Facebook, Meta for social media, and by Microsoft for online finance and purchasing. Again, these are things that you should have, that some lawyer somewhere has got to go, oh, yeah, uh, it can't be X. The fact that it got to, like, the actual pushing out of it is is just ridiculous. Well, that person probably got fired. Yeah, hefty, fired hefty, hefty. Uh, Dixieland Dan, I'm trashing myself for dropping everything I've picked up today. My toothbrush, a full cup of coffee, the dog food bowl, my phone, my sausage biscuit, my gout medicine down the sink. I'm scared to death to pick up my daughter or the cat. Hashtag get me out. Totally gross, dude. Now, maybe we kill two birds with one stone here, Dixieland Dan. Let's cut out the sausage biscuit and therefore maybe cut out the gout medicine, and that's two less things you can drop. <laughs> I just was thinking to say. Right? Yes. Yes, that, that you two, two birds with one stone. As much as we all love a good sausage biscuit, that the gout medicine, you have to take it. So there you go. Uh, Steven in SC, who I think is the gentleman who suggested he could take Sean's job because he looks like Sean. <laughs> I'm trashing my yard. It's more weeds than grass, and I have to cut it twice a week to keep up before Karen and the HOA come around, and it's too damn hot to be messing around outside. Get that guy a napkin. I swear, if you can, if you've got the cash to burn, and thankfully, maybe I don't, but I still do it, paying somebody else to cut my grass is money well oh, spent. It's the best investment you can make. Now, when my guy goes, oh, yeah. So we're going to do the spring trim or the fall cleanup, and then all of a sudden there's extra zeros on the on the bill. That's not a fun time. Maybe I need to learn how to do that part of it. But the week-to-week week 25 bucks to mow my lawn that I so I don't have to do it, please, here's my money. I inherited a great landscaper when we bought our house. And this guy is there every Saturday. They're on the ball. Uh, they're all, they're good good pricing. Uh, I have I have these hedges that I'm not gonna you're not gonna see me up there with a hedge clipper. No, on the ladder. No, no way. So they come, they do that. They do the trees. They do everything. It, 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 the spring cleaning, the fall cleaning, you know, all that. Yeah. It, Great! It's a it's the best investment you can make, I think, a landscaper. In fact, my landscapers have made an appearance on the show during COVID. We were home. Right. There were times where they were, and I said, "Guys, I'm more, you know, I'm here. You everybody knows the situation. Working from home, I can't have you leaf blowing, mowing lawn up against my back door. I'm reading stun to a news." Could you come back in the afternoon? They flipped the schedule for me. Uh, there you go. That's so a they're solid even they're accommodating and professionals. Uh huh. Uh, your trashes continue a different kind of trash. The show pony on full display yesterday here in New York. We'll do that after headlines. Here's Schwartz again. And, Bogues, there's breaking NFL news this morning. The Giants and running back Saquon Barkley have come to terms. It's a one-year deal said to be worth up to $11 million. It includes 
the franchise tag fee plus a $2 million signing bonus, including with that, and there's incentives that could bring the deal up to $11 million. So Barkley is going to be at Giants training camp. The Raiders signed three-time Pro Bowl cornerback Marcus Peters, reportedly a one-year deal. Now to baseball. We'll begin in Arizona. The Cardinals taking on the Diamondbacks. Now the pitch. O'Neal rips it to left field. That ball's going to get down and go to the wall. One run is in. Here comes another. Here comes a third run with Newtbar scoring. A three-run double for Tyler O'Neal. And that was John Rooney on Cardinals Radio. Cardinals beat the Diamondbacks 10-6 in his return from the injured list. Adam Wainwright, five innings, two runs, four hits. Now to Philadelphia, the American League East leading Orioles. Well, they just keep on rolling. The one offering, ground ball, skidded to shortstop. Mateo's got an underhand flip to second. Frazier Fields tags up, and the Orioles hold on in Philadelphia. It's a game one win at Citizens Bank Park as the Orioles take it 3-2. to two, And just as they had done in Tampa Bay, the Orioles figure things out in the ninth inning. Jeff Arnold, the call on Orioles radio. Orioles beat the Phillies 3-2. Colton Cowser snapping a 2-2 tie with a ninth inning RBI double. The Orioles have won 13 of their last 16. They open up a two-and-a-half game lead over the Rays in the AL East. Now to Houston. Astros and Rangers were tied at nine in the ninth. The 0-2. And that is lined in a right field, a base hit. Tucker gets the way from Gary Pettis around third. Throw to the plate by Jankowski's cut off. The relay, not in time. Astros win it. Yiner Diaz lines one to right field. And the Astros celebrate around second base. Bobby Diaz. Call on Astros radio. Astros over the Rangers 10-9. There was also some walk-off magic in Minnesota. 0-2 on Carlos. Game on the line. In the 10th inning, one out. And the pitch, a swing and a line drive. Right field shallow. Hernandez coming on. He'll slide and misses the ball. He missed it in right field. Solano scores. Correa put the ball in play. And the Twins win it in walk-off fashion on back-to-back days. Corey Provis, Twins Radio, Twins over the Mariners 4-3-10. and 10. You also had 11 innings in Los Angeles. Blue Jays beat the Dodgers 6-3. College football, former Northwestern quarterback and wide receiver Lloyd Yates filing a lawsuit against the university, alleging a brainwashing culture of hazing and abuse that became normalized. And at the Women's World Cup, you had Italy over Argentina 1-0. Germany beat Morocco 6-0. Brazil 4-0 over Panama. And Colombia blanks Korea Republic. Two nothing, and there you go. Thank you very much, Peter Schwartz. Uh, we'll continue to sprinkle in more and more about the Saquon Barkley deal as the morning progresses, including top of hour number four, nine Eastern time. Jared Dubin of CBS Sports uh, already coming on talking NFL, and then we got a new lead question for Jared when he joins us a little more than an hour from now. When we come back, though, day one for Shawnee Boy in New York local radio, and he was all sorts of morass as we expected. Next on CBS. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Radio. Choose your weapon. Peeps with salsa or a kielbasa to the face. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. We were told as Sean left us that he was leaving Mraz here, that he was going to be Sean Morash, professional, journalist, talking head, down the hall on WFAN in here in New York. Not going to be the eating guy anymore. He never actually said he wasn't going to be the dumb guy anymore. I think that's still in play. Hard to really overcome that. But we were told that he was going to be more professional, more mature, that they wanted that. Lo and behold, ahead of yesterday's debut show, the station's social media shared a video of a shirtless Sean with a bat walking menacingly towards the camera. One of the Jets had done this arriving at training camp late last week. I believe... Actually, I don't know where it comes from. I, I The first thing I thought of was Inglorious Bastards, which is a tremendous movie, but I don't think that's where it's from. Either way... They spoofed that, and the video of Sean shirtless, a walking dead. That's Thank you, EJ. The post of a shirtless Sean jiggling his way menacingly towards the camera brought some tremendous responses. And as the show started, we got a please stop. These are all comments on the picture. Please stop. Poor thing. Another one whose emotional growth stunted at 15 years old. <laughs> Big trend over at WFAM. Another, this guy's a tool. They pay this guy real U.S. currency to be on the air. Good Lord. The absolute worst, nice hires bozo. That was the appetizer. <laughs> the main course was taking Sean outside, putting him in mesh shorts and an undershirt and a hat and make him... I don't know what happened to Giancarlo Stanton, but something bad running the bases. So they made Sean try to beat Stanton's time running the bases at a park across the street from here. You think Sean Morash can go from third to home faster than Giancarlo Stanton did yesterday <laughs> yes, afternoon? I absolutely do. You think so? I know 100%. Unlike Giancarlo, I won't get hurt. Bro, yeah, I know what we're saying is 90 feet. What I'm saying is I'm starting to doubt that Major League Baseball is 90 feet. Let me tell you something. If this is 90 feet, I'm no longer mad at Giancarlo Stanton. In three, two, one. Why are you laughing? He's squeaking. What the hell is that? What is going on here? I tried to slide and I just burnt my leg. 
What did Giancarlo finish with? He finished with uh, 4.8 seconds. I did 7-3. Seven, 7-3? Three. <laughs> seven, three? Wow. You are, you are not uh, allowed no, to claim fit fat. I'm, I'm fit fat, but what we learned here is Giancarlo's a better athlete than I gave him credit. <laughs> I mean, they pay that guy real U.S. currency for that? Now, I am jealous of the budget. They sent them outside. They went on location. They seem to have wireless microphones. All of our bits are in this studio because we don't have the technology to leave the studio and remain on the air. But that was day one. Today has to be some kind of eating contest, right? Some kind of eating feat. Drink this, chug that. Oh, he, he already mentioned that he's going to be downing uh, those chicken tenders over at Yankee Stadium. Oh, that's right. They're on. They're on location again today. Correct tomorrow, for for I tomorrow think, for Mets tomorrow. Yankees. But I mean, I don't know why he was making that noise running the bases. It, it was a noise as if he was running on hot coals and bare feet, which he was not doing. He then did. He said he tried to slide in the home plate. He more like he crumbled into what looked like an orange safety comb. And as he's laying there panting, deferring finally to Giancarlo Stanton, his left moob is hanging out of his undershirt. So he's exposing himself. That's censored. <laughs> First of all, again, it has the ability to sm- to move left, to slide left and get out of his shirt. And then there it is for all of us to see. Day one. They're, he's running outside doing tricks. Are you day concer- one. Are you concerned that he might, they might, maybe they should put him on a pitch count? Like, this is a lot for day one. And then now day three, he's going to be chugging down chicken tenders. I mean, he might need to be on the Kawhi Leonard, you know, yeah. uh, you know rest situation, you know, I, I, load management. They, they, should send them in, they should have him run in traffic t- t- tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy that. I like the idea of dope management for Sean. You got to slow things down. He's on a dope count. And, th- and this, was, this was the quote unquote soft launch. Like they want to, they're, they're doing this now to be at full steam in September when it's football season and the ratings matter. This is the soft launch. The soft launch was having Sean tiptoe around the bases and then fall into home plate, get a carpet burn, <laughs> and have a mini heart attack, making fun of Giancarlo Stanton. He's gonna do a, he's gonna have a hot, hot dog in his mouth and do a cartwheel down his block on week one. Uh, Mraz lives. Thank goodness. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 